Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hyperconscious Podcast. Alan, what is Hyperconscious? Once you understand why something is the way that it is, now you have the power to change it. Great conversations with great people and great questions are the keys to the kingdom of unlocking your consciousness. Every single action that you do starts as a thought. When you control the way you think, you will control the way you act, and you will control the way you live. That is hyper-conscious. Ladies and gentlemen, Alan and I were lucky enough to sit down in person for round three with the one and only Joanna De Pena. This was a shortened episode because Alan, myself, and Joanna are doing an event in Andover, Massachusetts on January 4th. So after this, we actually went and saw the venue, but we picked her brain on some of the common themes that she finds when she is coaching children, how she has really leveled up her productivity, and what is next for her. This was a next level episode. We hope you will enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hyperconscious Podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor David Meltzer of the Playbook Podcast. He was kind enough to join us on episode 144 and 135. Folks, it has become Kevin and I's mission in life to help you realize that the life of your dreams is right on the other side of you becoming the greatest version of yourself. Let us help you do that. I rarely do these things twice in such a short amount of time, but you guys impress me. I, I believe in people that provide value and of our service. You two guys are on your way to huge fulfillment, purpose, and profitability, and I look forward to helping you both. We appreciate that more than you know. gentlemen welcome back to another very special as always episode of the hyperconscious podcast today if you are watching us on youtube you can see that we are in a mill building which means we are probably in lawrence massachusetts with the one and only joanna de pena what episodes we were supposed to look that up I'll look it up right now. This is the third time Joanna has sat down with us, and uh, we are going to hit you with a very quick episode today, because after this, what are we doing, Alan? So we're going to look at a venue for an event that we're going to be doing uh, collaboratively, all of us, basically January 4th, that Saturday, to kickstart your 2020 off right. So for those who may not have caught the first two episodes with you and your wonderful self, tell the listeners a little bit about you, what you do, and why you do what you do. Okay, well, first of all, I love your intro. That's like amazing. <laughs> bring the energy. I get a kick every time. Thank you. Um, I am a motivational speaker, founder, and executive director of Top Notch Scholars. And what I do is I travel across middle schools and high school, and I just inspire and empower youth to be their best self, believe in themselves, and to seriously think of the future and believe that they can be whatever they think that they, they want to be. Fire. Fire. So the, the one thing that Alan and I are learning quickly, and at this point, we're all very good friends. We know each other very well. Mm. You're unbelievably busy. Your, your time and your energy is getting pulled in a million directions all the time. Yes. That is something Alan and I are dealing with, and we oh, live, yeah. by, live by our calendars and our schedules. Yeah. How have you leveled up to the level of productivity that you currently, I guess for lack of better terms, make look easy? Because after this, you have four other things to do, right? <laughs> so how do you get to that point? So I've learned over the past couple of years is 
saying no. And I know that in the entrepreneurship world, we're always taught to say yes, yes for everything, you know, yes for any opportunity that comes by. Unfortunately, that is true. I, I do say yes a lot for opportunities relevant to my goals in future. Right. But I have made a point, made it a point to really um, start saying no to things that aren't. Right. You know, uh, I, I may look at my calendar for maybe open pockets if it exists to maybe reschedule that, you know, that lunch meeting with a with a friend or someone that just wants to pick my brain. I, I really delegate that time and make sure that every minute, every second of my day is aligned with my end goal. And unfortunately, it has to be that way, because if not, I wouldn't be productive myself. Right. How do you determine what in the day to day is in is in direct alignment with your end goal? Yeah, if it, it has to um, be relevant to my speaking, my kids, as far as the youth program, or anything that has to do with my brand or getting my business to the next level. If it doesn't fall in that bucket, it has to wait, and I have to look at my calendar to see when is it my next available time to revisit that, mm. right? Um, but, but I have to, because if not... There was a point in time that I was all over the place because I said yes to everything and, you know, people wanted to pick my brain or, or meet up with, you know, to ask me questions that, you know, I really just didn't have the time. And um, my best friend who was supposed to be here today, mm -hmm. um, she's the one who would really keep me in check. Say, Joanna, like, your time. You, like, we need to be productive. Like, you really can't say yes to everything. I know everyone loves you and wants to pick right. your brain and meet up with you and all that great stuff. But, you know, it's cutting into your productivity in your actual workday. So... I've, with her help, I've been able to kind of scale back a little bit and kind of restructure that. Mm. Um, because if not, I, I really wouldn't be right, where I am. Right. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is basically, so from an outside perspective, mm -hmm. we know you better now. But when we didn't know you better, it, it just looks like you make it look easy, like Kevin already mentioned. And mm -hmm. I think that one of the goals on this show is to pull back the curtain on what's really mm -hmm. going on. So... Can you please, for the listeners and for Kevin and I, take us through a typical day in the life of Joanna DePena? Yeah, that's actually a good point, and people have, you know, have brought that up as well. And it's not that I make it look easy. It's just I just get it done, right? Um, I don't complain. Right. I don't, I don't share negativity. I, I, if I have issues, I deal with it, right? Right. But as far as my day, I mean, let's, let's, let's look at today. Woke up this morning super, super early. You know, I did my, my meditation, I read a little bit, mm. and then after that, I had to go into a, an executive meeting uh, right. with, with my advisory board, and we were in this room uh, this morning, and going, talking about our board, you know, how to restructure our board, who, do, who else do we need to join our board, we talked about financing, funding, uh, fundraising and development, all that great stuff, mm. to then run... To go, to go get a couch that I need for my TV show that's coming up. <laughs> Discussion with Joanna and Venya, but realized that the place was closed. From there, you know, I haven't ate, right? So I have to eat. So I'm eating, and then I'm running. So as I'm done eating, or as I'm, as I'm eating, Jenny and I are, are talking about next moves, next level stuff. From there, running over here to, to come to here, right? right? After this meeting, or after this podcast, we're going to go see a venue. Right. The venue! <laughs> for, for the event after the venue i have a, a meeting with one of our youth in our program that you know um her parent uh, her mom you know told me that she's that that the girl is, is struggling uh you know with with her weight and self-confidence and some other you know personal issues and, and she was and she was in tears asking for some help hmm. so I've, I've dedicated a time you know about an hour hour and a half you know for that once i'm done that i'm pretty sure i need more time but like i told you earlier i'm not saying no to, to missing the gym so you know 6 30 i will have to cut it you know and maybe reschedule another time right go to the gym for an hour after that gotta go home do some homework 
I have because mm. I'm doing my, my PhD. I have one year left, <laughs> um, but it never stops, you know. Right. And and that that's that's an, that's an early day, you know. Most of the time, I don't stop work until nine or ten. I'm exhausted. I go home, ask Jenny, my, my best friend. Right. I'm like, yo, I'm tired. So I would take like a nap for like let's say twenty minutes, thirty minutes. But I'm so tired that I don't wake up until two in the morning. Right. And I have something that, you know, the deadline at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I stay up and mm. I do homework. So, right. And then to fall asleep, to wake up and do it again. So I don't really have a, a good night's sleep. But I understand the hustle. I understand that that's what I have to do, I have to do right now in order to, to be that next level, to, to get to the next level. Um, and th that's just, that example is, is such an easy day. Um, but, <laughs> but most of the days, I'm, I'm just, it's one thing after the other. So that's why it's really important that if there's anything that's going to be outside of this, it has to be aligned with my goal because every second counts for me. Um, if not, then everything gets all backed up and stuff, you know? So you work with kids a yeah. lot of the time, right? And we were saying, like, the kids are going to be, that they're the future. So the stuff that they're dealing with, unless they fix it and they solve whatever problems, they're going to carry that on as baggage right. throughout their entire life. What are some of the things that jump off the page... Um, when you're working with these kids, whether it's mental blocks or limiting beliefs or you know, self-esteem, things like that? Well, the number one thing that I've seen is that majority of our kids, whether they have straight A's on a roll or they're on the other end of the spectrum and they're not doing great academically, the one common thing, whether they're in Lawrence, Massachusetts or an affluent area, right, mm -hmm. like Andover or, or in a town, right. is belief. right. So I've had kids that are on honor roll, dean's list, whatever you name it, smartest kid, over, over 4.0 GPA, right? and they don't believe in themselves. Now, there's a lot of factors, right? Because especially in a low-income community, what happens is that mom and dad are either working, mom and dad are either dealing with their own issues, maybe dad in, is incarcerated, maybe mom is dealing with, with her own issues that she can't really give enough attention to the child, whatever it is, that person is not getting affirmation. Right. right? They're not being told that they're great. So when they compare themselves to other people, they're like, I, I can't do that. But then they have a, over a 4.0. Or they, they have a, a 2.0 GPA, and they're like, there's no future here. There's right. no future here. My brother's locked up. My dad's, you know, drug dealer. So our kids don't understand that they're actually in the best place on the planet which is being alive, right? Right, Because when you're alive and you're in, an, uh, and, and you're in the education system, right, free, for, for the most part, public schools, right. opportunities are endless. You get your education. Now that you have a high school diploma, you can go off to college or trade school or start your own business. Right. You make your future. The future doesn't make you. Right. But they have to believe, them, believe in themselves. Can I go on to college? Can I go on to trade school? What is it that I want to be in life and how do I get there? Not if, not can I get there. Right. How can I get there? Exactly. So that's what we do here at Top Notch, which is my, my nonprofit, is that we remind them how great they are no matter where they are in the spectrum. Right. GPA-wise, right? Wh whatever it is. We remind them that they're special. We listen to where they want to be. And we just coach them and say, hey, man, this is how you can get there. There's no reason why you can't. So one of the things that I've found... My, I did have a lot of um, affirmation from my mom. She always believed in me. She never took the wind out of my sails. Like, I remember this one story of me and my buddy Kiki talking about starting a company called LazCore, where we were going to create a video game called Musket the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. And we were, like, 
11 <laughs> and we had none of the skills necessary to do that and my mom just let us go and let us brainstorm and it was it was uh she's always been the wind to my sails not the op- opposite so i had a lot of self belief i believe because of that affirmation for people who didn't have that cheerleader from a young age which i think when our brain is first developing it's really 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 critical plus i had my sister who thought the world of me and always stop took care of me stop jeffing the table will you oh i'm sorry my bad <laughs> i'm shaking the table my bad so is there an example of a kid that you could tell lacked self-belief? Because you have so much self-belief. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. takes, when you have a lot of self-belief, you can sense in others when they don't. Mm-hmm. And then you can also sense in yourself when yours is low and you're going, oh my God, like what mm-hmm. is this? This is the worst. Um, for me, that's with alcohol. But what have you done that's worked with someone who had very low self-esteem and self-belief and you've really seen them start to like envision a brighter future and start to believe in it? Because it's kind of like a snowball effect once they get around the right people, from my experience. But I wanted to hear mm. your take. Uh, wow, there's so many examples that I have. I, majority of the kids that I go through my program is that. Right. Is that. But I can give you this one example of, of this young boy. Um, I won't say his name for, for privacy purposes. But, you know, this is a kid who, prior to our program, he did nothing. And he admitted that he was on the streets doing nothing. Um, he was just getting uh, involved in the wrong crowd. And he just wanted to change. Uh, long story short, he came through our program, the, the academy, and from there, um, he said, you know, Joe, I want to do, do something in business, but I just don't know what and even if I can get there. And so what I do is that I listen to those dreams, I listen to those aspirations, and then we line them up with opportunities. Now, they don't believe it's possible because they don't have the opportunity, but once you actually give them tangible resources and, and tangible doors that they can open themselves, it's endless. So... Mm. We lined him up with an internship at a at a insurance company. He mm-hmm. didn't think that he would ever even be in that building, but he stepped in and he did a great job and he loved it. He did so well there that in six months he went from just an intern to getting a paid summer job. But it mm-hmm. didn't stop there. After the paid summer job, he then transitioned to be a junior executive account, you know, director or something like that. It, 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 <laughs> it was like the coolest position that any sixteen-year-old boy can have or any kid can have and he goes to me he goes Joanna I never thought this was possible mm. but see the thing is that there's not enough doors being open for our kids because when we, when, we th- when we think of kids you know okay they go to school they may play sports but that's it no one does anything else because everyone is so busy with their lives trying to get to the, ne- to, to the next level their, their parents and such that we don't spend enough time on the ground level listening to our young people listening to what they want to do and being that introduction to that opportunity, mm. which I don't blame it. People are busy. You know, there's a lot of bills are expensive and it's, and it's tough out here in the inner city. Right. But the most important thing that makes young people believe is to have opportunities and have someone handheld, handhold them and show them that it's possible and let them walk into that opportunity and watch them prosper. Because he went from being on the streets, doing nothing, getting caught up with the wrong crowd, the wrong guys to being introduced to an opportunity of leadership and learning how to be the best, self, the, the best version of, of, of themselves, right, and excelling in, in, in different areas, to then identifying a possible career path, to be introduced to that career path and just exploding in that company from being an intern, summer, summer paid job, and then the, the junior executive accounts person, right? Like, it's just awesome. You changed his entire life. Right. Yeah. It only his takes one... It literally takes one conversation or one... You can borrow belief. 
Right. Like I borrowed Alan's belief to get to where I am today, mm. and that's what you're doing for others. Why is it so important for you mm. for it to be Lawrence? It's important for it to be Lawrence and places like Lawrence because just like Lawrence, there's Dorchester and other parts of the of this country that's similar statistics, you know, as Lawrence. It's because the the parents that are here come from a different country, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Mm. It's not that they're poor because they want to be poor. Right. Right? They're 10 steps behind because they came from a different country. For example, a lot of our parents come from the Dominican Republic, Guatemala, places like that, come here, no English, very little English, if any. Right. They didn't go to high school, if that. Right? So when they have a child in America, they're really trusting the American system to help guide their child through the education system into college so they can be successful. The parent just wants them to be successful, mm. right? But our parents don't, a lot of our parents didn't go to school, so we can't expect them to know the resources that are available, right? right? Um, so it's important that people pay attention and give their time and, and financial resources to places like Lawrence because, you know, the, the education system is not great. Right? The streets are not safe. Things that are easy for us are not easy for them. Right. A lot of our kids don't have a laptop. Yeah. So we can't expect much from them. But if we can sit here and, and, and listen to their needs and, and be there for them, then they can get to the same level. We got kids in Lawrence with over 4.0s talking about one of the poorest cities in Massachusetts. Right. The country. We have a lot of smart kids here. But the difference is, is that these smart kids will not get to the next level because there are doors that they have no idea exist. So it's our job, people that are ahead of the game, to come back and open up those doors and open up those opportunities so we can snap into reality and they can realize what their passion or purpose is because they need to experience things outside of the streets. Right. So um, that, The reason I asked is because when we went to your... Was it Black Tie Gala? Is that what it was? The gala. Well, yeah. I don't remember what it was called. I'm not, I'm not fancy like that. <laughs> um, that was fancy. It that was, was fancy. Good. Two things. Number one, make sure that you see the people that you care about in their environment doing their thing. Mm. Like seeing you on stage speaking. Right. Seeing Jenny running around putting on the event in that moment locked in like, oh, they are unbelievably legit at this. Right. So especially with your loved ones, I learned that about my girlfriend this weekend and I wanted to add that, but... You're, it's like, not only are you trying to empower the youth, but like you said, some of these kids do, don't even have the opportunity that other kids have, so they are behind the eight ball a little bit, and you're there to guide them, and that's one of my favorite things about you, so I just wanted to say that. We have four minutes, so hammer it. We only have four minutes. Oh, oh yeah. that's right, dude. Good, good reminder. So I also want to remind everybody, so... For those of you, because this is a shorter episode, if you want to get to know Joanna more, which you do, she's which you do for sure. One of my favorite humans. <laughs> um, episode number seventy six and episode number nineteen. And again, it's it's interesting because in this moment I had a breakthrough when you said that we went and saw Joanna speak. So we've seen you speak at Small City Big Dreams. Mm-hmm. We saw you speak at your gala, and I think we've seen her speak one other time. Or is that in my... I think we were... Maybe you're thinking of the Oprah event when we went to Oprah. Oh, yeah. right. We went she to Oprah. She is going to okay. be on that, that Oprah yeah. stage. Exactly. She's going to be, I'll on, be that Oprah. on that stage one day. Right. Damn so. right. Damn right. There's that self-belief. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, we actually did the... Tony Robbins and Oprah are friends. We're going to be the next. Love it. So if we didn't go to that gala and see her do what she does right. and see Jenny do what she does, would we be hosting, co-hosting an event 
Probably with not. With them. Probably not. Mm. Probably not. Mm. So you never know what can come from having the right allies. And that's just something I want to bring to all the listeners. Like, we are on the long-term compound effect of getting in the right rooms with the right people. And it's paying off in ways I could never have anticipated. And it's just unbelievably powerful. So I wanted to bring that to the listeners. We have a few minutes. We literally have three minutes. So we each get one question. Quick. Yeah, sure. Well, now we have two minutes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Do you want to go first or me? You can go. Okay. What do I want to ask Joanna when I only have one question? Okay. This is a little bit of a selfish question. It's not. It's a selfless question because it's attached to a bigger why. Mm -hmm. Kevin and I are trying to speak more. And we're finding it difficult. So I had this, this young man reach out to me via email. At one, I gave a speech to high school athletes on conscious leadership. And he emailed me these questions that were super powerful about how he struggled in baseball and he's trying to be a better leader and all this stuff. It took me a long time to get back to him because, again, we're so busy. How do you connect with these kids? And then you used to say on the other episodes, you can't just go in once and then change their life. It, it takes a hand-holding, as you mm-hmm. referenced earlier. How do Kevin and I do a better job of touching base with these kids mm-hmm. at speeches and then bringing them into the hyperconscious world to really facilitate this growth long-term? You need to create additional opportunities. You can go in there and get your first engagement. That's great. But what's, what's the long-term plan? I mean, I'm sure your whys are not just that, that, that one engagement. Your why is a longer impact. So it's creating additional opportunities for you to go back, for you to follow up accountability. A lot of people, you know, speakers or aspiring speakers, just think that, oh, I'm a motivational speaker, I'm a speaker, and you lock in that first engagement, and you're like, yeah, done. Right. No, it's not. Right. Because those people are just so stuck on seeing what, the, what people put on Instagram, the highlight reel, that one engagement. But I don't know if you guys noticed, but lately I haven't posted much because I'm working. I know. <laughs> right? It's one um, of my favorite parts about you is you, know, you, you do I'm more so than you post. I'm so busy working and meetings and growth and, and, and connecting with people that, you know, I'm at a point where I need to grow my team so, I, so my social media can stay on, you know, you right. know, up to date. But I don't post everything because I'm so busy working and doing those follow-ups that I really don't care about posting what I did yesterday. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's not what matters. Of course, you want to post it so, so you know, people can know what you're doing, but I think people are so focused on capturing every second that they forget about the follow-up with the real why, and that's who you're serving. Mm. You have to serve more than, than being so worried about telling the world, hey, look at me, like this is what I'm doing, or hey, look at this speaker reel, like, which is great. You should have it to send to your clients, right. but they don't all have to be on you know, social media. I try to make my social media more human, so people can get to know me. So you'll see stuff about my school, my family, right. you know, some speaking engagements, some, some clips, some accomplishments. But social media to me is, is just like for you to check in with me. But it's not, I don't, I don't showcase 50% of, of what I do on social media. I know. You do more than most people, like most people's focus is to showcase. Yours right. is to do. It, it's a priority do. thing. Mm-hmm. You're more, what's more important to you is the service and the actual on the ground floor helping kids. If you can showcase that to, to then help more kids, you'll do it. But I like the priority. So I know we don't have a lot of time. No, so no, I'll you're good. You're good. Um, I was going to say, so Alan <laughs> and I question. on Thank our you. speaker page literally say like, our goal is not to inspire you and motivate you for this one hour. Right. It's right. for, for, you to make a concrete change in your mindset that will go on forever. And exactly. I want to be the dude who you message after and I respond. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sending videos to every person that follows me because I, I want that human touch, like you mm-hmm. said. Right. Uh, my question is simple. 
How do you know or how will you know when you quote unquote made it? <laughs> well, I'll never retire, that's for sure. Right, I, I know I, I know that. <laughs> I love what I do, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, Oprah, doesn't seem like she's retiring, but Oprah right. girl, <laughs> give me space, you know? <laughs> but um, made it, I guess, like where I'm happy, but I'll keep going, or, or I guess my, my first big accomplishment, like goal would be, um, is, hmm, that's a good question. The reason I ask is because I don't know that I'll ever know. Yeah. And I know you're yeah, so ambitious. I'm, I'm always looking for the next thing. Right. right? So I, I talked about getting my PhD. Boom. Got it. <laughs> I'm talking about a show. Just got the, I just got the, the couches. Right. right. They're right over there. You know, I talked about, you know, the nonprofit top notch done it. Now I'm right. doing it. You know, right. uh, talking about what, what's the next step. Well, I want to become national with, with top notch because other cities like Lawrence need it. Mm. So I'm always thinking about the next step. I don't think I'll ever stop and say I made it. Um, but where I do want to be is I want to be in a place where I'm impacting millions mm. every year. I have a platform on national TV. I have crazy content coming out. Um, I want to be at a place where I can go to, you know, uh, countries that need it, uh, like Africa and, and, and South America, and just kind of like, I don't know, build homes and build shelters and build schools with my, with my free time and, and, you know, and all that good stuff. Um, on top of speaking and all that good stuff. But I think that's where I want to be is where I'm in a place where I can just give uh, anywhere that I go and be a blessing in every, in every room that I'm in for the better. You're a rare breed. You are, <laughs> and I'm, I'm unbelievably grateful, and I feel blessed and lucky to be able to call you a friend. Likewise. And, you know, after, right after this, right after we get off these microphones, we're going to go check out some venues for an event. So in closing, anybody have anything before we get out of here? Um, went by so fast. You have to come see Joanna speak at this event. It's going to be incredible. Like... She is one of the greatest leaders I've ever known. If you I'm could excited. leave the listeners with a 10-second blip to motivate, inspire, or break something loose in their consciousness, what would it be? Go for what, with whatever you have in your mind as far as your goals and dreams because if you don't, someone else will. Ooh, mm. fire. I was listening to Oprah on the way oh, here, here we and go. I'm just realizing that now. Ah, I did, Maybe that was a subconscious thing. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I'm going to send you the speech too because Bianca sent it to me two days ago and I just opened it tonight mm. or today on my way to his place. Awesome. Interesting. Yeah. I'm All right, let's get out of here. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this and we will talk to you later. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for listening to another episode of the Hyperconscious podcast. Going hyperconscious will absolutely change your life because if you understand why something is the way it is, now you have the power to change it. If you going hyperconscious with us has changed your life in any way, please share this episode with one of your friends because the more people that go hyperconscious, the better this world's going to be for everybody. And if you would kindly leave us a five star review on iTunes, that would help us make more people hyperconscious and we would be greatly appreciative. Thank you. Bye.